Welcome to another episode of the JMS Podcast. Today's guest is comedian Frankie Marcos. He's definitely a someone to keep a, a lookout here in the San Jose comedy scene. He's uh, he's getting up there, you know. He's he's getting to travel and do comedy, and uh, it was great having him here. He was nice enough to uh, give me one of his uh, T-shirts. That's right. He sells merchandise. We do dwell on it on the podcast, and uh, a lot of good tips for other comics who are thinking of getting into merchandising. It's a good way to get extra cash on the side. Uh, please, if you haven't already, support this podcast. If you're listening from iTunes, from SoundCloud, or from Stitcher, or from other uh, podcasts, please support this podcast. You can do so by subscribing. You can also check out the Facebook page, JMS Podcast. Check out the uh, the pictures and other stuff. And yeah, tell me all about it. You can email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, Instagram, uh, it's not really related. It's actually my personal Instagram. You're more than welcome to check it out. Just search for Jorge M. Sanchez 25. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you like my pics. I don't know. I don't really use Instagram as much as I should. And after talking to uh, Frankie Marcos, it's probably a good idea I should <laughs> get on that. Uh, it just finished the first week of my semester at San Jose State. Hopefully my last semester. And man, I am already tired. I had an incident with my advisor. It was weird. I'm not sure what to make of it. Uh, I emailed him and I said, hey, you know, can we meet up on the first week? You know, go over details, make, you know, make sure I'm on the right track to graduate. And he says on the email, he says on Wednesday at 2 p.m. And I go, great, I could do that. I may have to shuffle some things around, but I could do that. So I sent an email. I said, okay, Wednesday, 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock it is. I run into him on Tuesday. The day before. And he's with the other faculty members. And he puts me on the spot. He goes, and here's the guy who didn't show up to his Monday appointment. Monday? I was so confounded. I was so confused. I was like, wait, you said Wednesday. He said, no, I would never have done such a thing. I was like, uh, and I was in the process of pulling my, my the email on, on my on my uh, phone. Because he says Wednesday. He puts in the spot saying, no, it was Monday. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, well, what can you do? I mean, uh, literally my academic life is at the palm of this guy's hand. So I couldn't really, you know, I, I had to I had to take it. I was like, oh, well, my bad, I guess. Uh, let's reschedule. But so fucking weird. God. And totally put me on the spot like that. I don't know how I feel about that. But I'm telling you, man, day before. Monday, which is Sunday, which is when you'll be listening to this podcast, hopefully. Gonna send him about five fucking emails going like, hey, Monday, Monday. Anyway, let's go on. Let's go check out what Frankie's got to say. See what he is up to. Let's do this.
right. Uh, Frankie Marcos. Yes, sir. How are you doing? You seem pretty mellow. Like yeah. Uh, like you just woke <laughs> up. Did, did Did you just wake up? Yes, I did. Are you sleeping? Such a piece of shit. Uh. Why? <laughs> well, dude, you're you have a a very hardworking um, ethic. I mean, I, you I so so hardworking that I seen you show up in open mics with your with your job uniform. Yeah, pretty frequent. And 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 you even perform in it. Yeah, representing the grill. The grill. <laughs> Is that the only job you have right now? Uh, that and the other grill and uh, manufacturing company. Yeah, so you so, being like 30 minutes late is no fucking big deal uh, to me. Well, thank you. <laughs> Sweet, man. But Frankie Marcos, I, I, I first met you during... When I first started out, actually. You were... Um, it's funny. Because I think you, you were the first person for me to be like, yeah, that's a comedian. Because you had a, a brand to you. Over, when, I, when I met you, you already had a brand. Yeah. Right? And for me, like... At the time, you were the closest thing I thought of of, of a local comic, like 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 quote unquote comedian. Cause, yeah. Because you you had a persona, you have that persona, and you were selling merchandise. Yeah. And you were the only comic at an open <laughs> mic selling merchandise. Yeah. So I'm like, oh shit, this guy's the the, the real deal. Attempting to sell merch, yeah. <laughs> How's that been working out? Uh, it's been moving a little bit slow recently, but uh, it's kind of like when. You first start comedy. Everybody comes to your shows, and then you know they support for a little while. And they kind of let back. It's uh, same thing with the merch. It's been that way. But uh, uh, big shows, I'll sell like I don't know two, like two T-shirts, like at improv or something like that, uh, depending on how it goes. But uh, it's uh, I don't know. I feel like it's gonna fall into place when it when it needs to. You know. Well, I think it helps you uh, establish a fan base. Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like you have a fan base already? Yeah, I feel like it's in the right direction for sure. Uh, I think like the first time I got actual quote unquote fans was uh, through meeting somebody on Instagram. There's a, a rapper from Oakland named Gisler, and uh, I I don't know. I guess he was searching a hashtag and he saw one of my videos and he reposted it and he had like four thousand followers. And then um, the next, I wake up in the morning and then I have like. 40 new followers and people are like wow i'm a big fan and i was like what the? i've never heard the word fan before right and it was a it was a trip man i was like damn this fool gisler just hooked me up like and it, that was like my first uh you know little experience with having fans you know and then i have a bunch of other of my people that I really support so that's it's pretty dope you know do you feel like there's a, even a bigger pressure for you when you perform knowing that you have fans in the crowd most deaf man yeah Okay. So Hell yeah. So it's not like oh I got fans they're gonna like it no matter what, but you're more like I got fans I gotta yeah. I gotta keep their expectations. Exactly. Yeah. It's like once you, you know, you establish yourself as whatever you are. Like if you people know that you're a good comic, you have to be a good comic when they see you. So if your people show up, like uh, for example, like I had a friend show up to a show and she was wearing my shirt, and it was just a shitty show in SF, like. There's hardly anybody there. Like, they just have the looks of, like, what the fuck am I doing here? Right. And it's, like, it's inevitable to do shitty, you know? Like, everybody did shitty. And it's, like, okay, now I look like shit. She's rocking my shirt. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, (laughs) it's definitely, you have to live up to it. It, And most of the time, yeah, you know, most of the time you're able to kill if the, the settings are cool. But that shit does happen. It's, like, damn, what do I do now? Well, it's be a good feeling, you know, like walk into a show and you see someone wearing your T-shirt. Yeah. 
that's yeah it's definitely yeah it's good you know it's good and bad <laughs> it's good and what's so bad <laughs> um same thing like if that were to happen like at an open mic or something then you know it's when you have three drunk people that don't want to hear comedy like we encounter all the time and then you have uh like amanda rocking my shirt at the bar and it's like you're trying new shit out and none of it works and then you just look like shit yeah you can make a joke out of it that works well but you know i don't know it's a little pedestal to live up to a little pedestal yeah yeah and <clears throat> how long technically technically from the beginning frankie Taking from the very beginning, mm-hmm. before you did comedy, what like, were you doing? Like childhood, like in school and stuff. Sure, we could start there. How was your childhood? Um, born. That's such a weird <laughs> question. How was your childhood? Okay, let's. Where you born and raised? San Jose, uh, uh, on the east side. Up until I was like four or five, my parents divorced, and then my dad went to the north side, and I was kind of uh, one week here and one week there. Uh-huh. It was the uh, week bi-weekly uh you said you were four years old when they divorced yeah around there what did your dad do uh my dad was frank the mailman (laughs) you work for the postal service yeah my dad was dude that's gonna be tough dude (laughs) that's that's a tough job yeah you know because i was talking to my friend about it and i was like why is there that notion of you know going postal is correlated of going like you know fucking crazy and killing people <laughs> and like for me i was finding you know confusing i was like what is it about the postal service that drives these people nuts supposedly yeah. and it and he said something that, that really stuck with me he says well it's because it's constantly going it's non-stop yeah it's never gonna end Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's gotta drive someone crazy at some point. Yeah, I'm not saying your father's crazy, but yeah. I'm saying like, like <laughs> that, that 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 type of work. Yeah, but, I don't know. Something said about that. I don't know. No, yeah, it is. I mean, just walking all day, and then your body gets kind of beat up from carrying that bag on your shoulder for hella years, you know, just to get those. Cause they got good benefits, but they got you got to stick around. It's kind of like UPS or FedEx. Like oh. it's a good job, but it's like you're with us now. You're gonna stay here, you know. But, uh, and your mother? And my mom's always been in, uh, you know, corporations and just doing tech work. She's always been behind a computer. And uh, the, she was on the uh, east side and my dad was on the north side. And um, Did you have siblings? Yeah, two brothers, an older brother, two older brothers. Um, one of them is a half-brother, uh, but we he grew up with us, so it felt like, you know, we never... He's your brother. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of like it follows psychology stereotype of like, okay, the younger brother is the spoiled one, the are, middle brother is are you the, the frank up, and yes, so you're the youngest. so you, you consider piece you, of shit. <laughs> you consider yourself spoiled. I f- I was hella spoiled as a kid. How so? Um, my mom would baby the shit out of me, and I was that kid that's like. If I didn't like a week at my dad's house, I'm going to mom's house, and then vice versa. I'm at my mom's. I'm you going used, to dad's house. You use that against Such it? a piece of shit. Yeah. Oh man. And I don't know. Everybody always oh, look at little Frankie. Oh, oh. Like always growing up, like it was just I got all the attention. You know, like the little. Do you feel like you got picked on for that? Um. Yeah. From the brothers, I know a little bit. My brother used to talk shit to me, and I would talk shit too. And uh, to shit talking family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> oh yeah, I think uh, you said you're mixed, right? You're Latino and Filipino. Yeah, yeah. 
Which, which you know, Latin families, it's all about shit talking. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And I'm not sure about Filipinos. So I don't know. <coughs> uh, yeah. We have a pretty similar culture with, you know, Mexicans and Filipinos. I feel like. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. similar. Yeah. Uh, and not, not just the language-wise either. Uh, I think uh, yeah. the way we, we view family and such. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. And then at, at what point did you... Were you always, like, trying to perform and stuff in school or... Um, well, my, my mom was in theater, and my dad was just a dork, like an idiot. Like, he'll say <laughs> stupid shit, and then, like, you'll either laugh or just be like, shut up, dad, like, ridiculous shit. Um, so your mom was an actress? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, she like, was, like uh, theatrical? like. Uh, yeah, she did teatro, like, and she even went to L.A., and, you know, she did a lot of, she went to New York. She's done, um, she's done a lot of plays. She was in it for a lot of years, and, um. She was a really good actress. She was pretty good. Um, that's why I do like all the all my impressions. I get that from my mom because it's just I don't know. It's impressions in in the jeans. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Did she Did she ever give you like tips and stuff like that? Um, no. Nah, but like, if I wanted to ask him about acting tips or anything about sketch, like that can help me out. She knows. And then my stepdad also was an actor. That's how they met in L.A. And uh, so he's he's pretty good too. So I could I could always hit him up. But, um, is she still actively trying to act? And no, actively? but she's always down. She's just on her, she's in her work. She's, you know, 50s now, so she's just chilling, working. But, uh, I could always hit them up. But, um, I think, uh, just having that in me, like my dad's dorky jeans, and then my mom's, like, kind of, you know, entertaining, uh, personality, it kind of made us dorky ass kid like <laughs> growing up so I would always like I would do dumb shit like put pull the pants up like Urkel with like glasses and walk around the school and do a bunch of dumb shit and, which school did you go to? Uh, Bakra Elementary and then Burnett Middle School oh so uh, that's about north yeah on the north what side what high school? San Jose High San Jose High yep Shady Catch a Case Academy um what what was that? What? <clears throat> Shady Catch a Case Academy. That's what the real name of that school is. <laughs> what? I didn't even know that. It's a ratchet ass school. No, it's just a nickname. But uh, yeah. Um, so were you doing theater in your high school years? No, I never. I never really. Uh, I would always be class clown. Like in middle school, the teachers would be like, make fun of the principal. I do an impression of the principal, and so the teachers would let me talk shit about other people and do like impressions and you know crack jokes in class I would always get away with it and it was kind of like the opposite of when you hear like the teachers tell rappers like you ain't you ain't shit you're gonna be a piece of shit one day you're gonna be a bum my teachers would be like you're so spunky in your personality you're gonna be something someday so they saw potential on you yeah like I would read whenever they ask volunteers to read I'd read in a stupid voice you know like in history or something in 1967 they went over there and the, cl- the class would laugh and they would always want to fucking oh, tell Frank to read tell Frank to read so I was always just a dork you know and uh and I would always tell people like oh yeah I'm gonna be famous one day and I would tell people like oh let me sign that being a cocky little stupid kid well you were and, the, uh, the spoiled young kid yeah so that's where that came from exactly <laughs> but uh yeah and then, okay and, and has that ever got you in trouble before you said you got away with a lot Right. Yeah, I did a lot of dumb, dumb shit. Uh, I threw a cone. I, you know those big orange cones, like in construction. Yeah. I threw one of those in PE at a kid in class one time. Like. Why? 
fucking no reason. <laughs> it's a bright day today. Let me just throw this cone at this kid's back. Like, would you say you were like a bully a bit? Um, I like I would talk shit, but truly no. Like, mm. like you know how every class has like a weird kid that everybody picks on. Like we had a weird kid in class, and I would talk to him like, pretty much the scapegoat yeah, of the class. Yeah, like there's oh, no. always one weird ass kid that you think would bomb the school, or like he's hella weird. You know, everybody picks on him. I would talk to that fool in class, so that means I was a nice kid. You know? Okay, so you prevented him from going postal. Exactly. Yeah, his name was Malchor. So f- there's a good start right there. If your name's Malchor, people are gonna fuck with you. And, like, he would only open up to me. He wouldn't talk to anybody. So it's like, you know, I wasn't too mean. I danced with the fat girl in middle school. Come on, that's... Oh, wow. <laughs> you did her a favor? Yeah. She's like, come on, please. I was like, all right. And then, see? So that's nice. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, just, I don't know. When you're spoiled, you act like a piece of shit, you know? it's a... did, did you ever have, like, a, 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 a turnaround in, in, in perspective? Yes, definitely. Um, when did that happen? I think uh, I think when I started working a lot and I kind of look back and I'm like, wow, like I was such a piece of shit as a kid, you know, and it's just a thing like parents don't their intention is not to to make you greedy or or, you know, lack self-discipline because that's what I that's what I was like. It's just they they give you a lot of love and they give you what you want when you want it. You know, like when a kid starts crying, do you say, oh, here's the here's the balloon or do you go shut the fuck up? You're not going to get it. And my parents would always give in and just give me whatever I wanted. And, you know, that's nice of them, but it makes you a piece of shit. It sounds like you preferred (laughs) they told you to shut the fuck up. Yes. Yes. But luckily, like you said, there was a moment where, you know, I learned and it slowly, slowly instilled like self discipline and stuff. But thank God. But like, was this after you graduated from high school? Yeah, yeah. I was, and you were out in the real world, exactly. and you're like, holy shit. Yes, I would always tell me, oh yeah, I'm gonna be famous one day. And then after high school, you're like, this is the real world. Uh, I'm not doing shit up until like 19, I think. I used to just be a, a but, party animal. But did I you learned. did you have like earnest intentions of fame? Um, I really wanted to do something comedic yeah like um like acting or something mm-hmm. i didn't i had no idea i was gonna do stand-up and then um like i really loved just making people laugh that was the only thing that i loved and basketball but um like i just loved that i would always try and make people laugh but uh um, oh, you don't want people to laugh at you during basketball so exactly <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah man that's uh so 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 you always in back of your mind, you wanted to be in the entertainment field mm-hmm. from a very young age. You just didn't know how. Yeah, since I was and, hella small. And then you considered uh, acting? Yeah, but I never really took the initiative to do it. It was just a thought, and I loved making making people laugh, and that's all I knew. Okay. And, uh, yeah, until a friend told me to do it. Is that what got into stand-up? Mm-hmm. Where was your first stand-up? Um... The first time uh, my friend kind of told me about it, he's a, a world-ranked chef named Rodney Baca. World-ranked, uh, huh? Yeah, he's... he's like he, he has a Michelin player. star or something? I don't even know. Probably. He uh, he was on Iron Chef and his team won, so he's like, he's a G at cooking. But um, we were at work at the grill at SAP Center at the Shark Tank, and he's like, you always make everybody laugh at work. Why don't you do stand-up? And I was like, What? 
He's like, yeah, why don't you do stand? I was like, uh, whoa, for like five minutes. And he's like, if I set it up, would you do it? And I was like, uh, whoa, for another five minutes. Like, just the thought, you know, of doing stand up was like overwhelming. And uh, he set it up basically in SF at his brother's dive bar. Um, he made a open mic, or he made a showcase. He he told me, uh. You're going to go to an open mic. Start writing, and I'll give you about three months. Uh, start writing now. And Off the bat, he was like your manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And he's like, start writing now, and then uh, in three months, we'll do an open mic in SF. And so I said, okay. I wrote a little bit. I had like seven minutes, and I show up to this dive bar. He's there. There's a nice, there's like 30 people there. It's almost at capacity, actually. It was really cool. But I kept asking him, like, where's the other comedians at? And where's the mic at? Because there was, like, a tiny little stage, like, three like three feet by three feet, like, tiny. And when I asked him where the other comics at, he's like, don't worry about it, bro. Just focus on you. And I was like, okay. I started taking shots because I'm nervous as hell. After, like, five shots. How old were you? Uh, let me see. Uh, damn. 22? Around 22. 22. Yeah. So, yeah, it's about... Yeah, I started at 24. Sorry to interrupt your story. How old are you? 25. You look super young. Yeah. You look so young. No offense. I don't know. No, no, no. Like, like, oh, you look too young. It's more like, wow. No, yeah, you look 25, look good. I'm 25 and I'm balding. I look like I'm fucking 40. <laughs> anyway, so he tells you not to worry about it. Here's a small platform. Yeah. Was it a big crowd? It was It was like 30. It was like a Woodhams on a good night. You know, that's what it looked like. Even the bar looked that way. And after like another two hours, I'm like, okay, where's the mic at? Where's the other comments? He's like, don't worry about it. Just focus on you. And then out of nowhere, he goes, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah, where's the other comments? He's like, it's just you. I'm like, what the fuck? So he had just set it up and he goes, all right, everybody. Like right after he goes, it's just you. He's like, all right, we're going to do some comedy. And I'm like, oh shit, no mic and no other comics. I was just nervous. And I did like three minutes a total of like four laughs like one guy laughed really loud twice did and you rush through it fuck yeah i was talking <laughs> fast yeah. and it was terrible man you get dry mouth yeah, yeah yeah it took three months to recover from the shame of that set of my first set so you to come back you didn't do stand up until three months after that three months of shame and then and then i was like okay i gotta try this again like how, I could do this. how was it going back to work with him uh <laughs> I don't even remember how it how it was. Like, was like, it a, a quiet ride back to San Jose? <laughs> <laughs> no, he he had left with uh, his people, and I left with my two friends. And I just kept saying, "Man, I didn't do good. I didn't do good." And they're like, "No, nah, you did good, dude. It's your first one. Relax." And I just, I don't know. You know how it is when you bomb. So. Oh yeah, like, especially when you it's the first like early stages yeah. uh, of you trying to figure shit out. Exactly. Trying to see if this is even worth it. Yeah, it's uh, it's scary. Oh yeah, <laughs> but going back to work, like, did he mention about it? Or was he like, let's not talk about it, like for three months, let's not talk about it, Frankie. Yeah, he's like, you ready to go back? And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, so he did soon. Like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was being super encouraging, and I was just like, yeah, soon, soon. I just kept crying in the corner, and like, nah, I just, uh, I don't know. It took a little while, but I finally was like, all right, I'm gonna go to another open mic, and then there it went, and then it started going good after like. The fourth one was when it got good at Agave. It started at Agave. Yeah, I've been there once. It was good. Yeah. 
Too bad. Uh, is it still going on? I don't know. No, it, it kind of died out. Did it? Oh. Yeah. Used to be a good room, though. I agree. I almost died on that stage. Really? Because you know how the current and there's a platform? Yeah. And for some reason, I thought there was a wall. Oh, So fuck. I stepped back, and I nearly, like, <laughs> fell off the fucking stage. Oh. Right. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, uh... How's your beer? It's good? It's wonderful, yeah. It's wonderful. Shouts out to Modelo. Oh. <laughs> That fire. <laughs> uh, talk about sponsorships. It's something you, I've heard you say a lot of time that you have sponsors. Yeah. Um, it's not super formal or contractual, but I do have uh, Cuckoo Worldwide is a uh, local clothing brand from uh, San Jose. <clears throat> How'd you get involved with these people? Um, a lot of networking. Uh, I try and network when I can. You know, if there's like an event that has local entertainment there, or if it's, you know, if it's music or. Uh, like a weed festival, like one of those type of events, or wherever there's gonna be a bunch of people with talent and they're they're pursuing things besides the nine to five, you know. I'll go to and I'll talk to people, and like this in particular, uh, Cuckoo Worldwide was. I met him at a clothing convention called Fame, um, and it's basically where they have a bunch of local clothing brands. They have performers there and uh, tattoo artists and all kinds of shit and. Uh, my friend went up to one of the booths to buy a shirt and while he was getting the shirt I told the guy at the booth Dan, uh, Daniel Montero uh, I was like hey I'm a comedian out here from San Jose I was like hey, if you got some time check me out I gave him a card and he sent me an email like a few days later and he's like dude your videos got me dying he's like I would love to do some business with you like I can sponsor you give you some free clothes and help you out you know put you in certain events and whatever I can do to help you with your, your career. and um, Wow, that's amazing. Know. Finding a, a partner, a business mm-hmm. partner that actually really believes in your work. Yeah, and it was crappy at the time. Like, it was funny, but it, no production value. It was just kind of like a young kid starting out, you know? Well, what came first, videos or stand-up? Videos. I did sketch comedy first for like, <clears throat> for like a year and a half before I started stand-up. And these were like... 30 second videos minute videos um like i did like a, a two chains freestyle impression a Lil wayne freestyle and like were they like vines or were they like le- legit they sketch were, no yeah they were sketches like i did uh i don't know the first ones i did was kind of vlogs you just pick a topic break it down and you know kind of just cut you just keep cutting while you're talking you see them all over youtube you know did those and uh, like a cholo one, I did that Gangnam style, like a you know a spoof of that. But it was a it was a mix of different things on my YouTube channel, and he saw and he he liked it and he believed in it. And I was like, wait, what? Like it felt amazing to have somebody be like, I believe in you, I want to help you out, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. A tinge of embarrassment, maybe, like, because I know people who see my <laughs> shit from like a while back. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. glad you liked it, but damn, yeah. it's too bad you saw it. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. It's like the first jokes you write. You you know, they're shitty at first, but, you know, you learn. But he, he definitely saw, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. So so he supplied you with free T-shirts for you to sell? Yeah, like free T-shirts for me to, to wear on stage and just basically give him shout-outs, give his, his label some exposure, and that's all he wanted to do. And then he can help me with, like, he, he got my website started. He helped me with the process of that, and... He introduced me to some other people, some graphic designers, some uh, videographers, just anything to kind of help, you know, with towards my direction of my goals. How far into stand-up 
at this point what did were you in um i think it was around the time when i was first starting out actually so it was your first year yeah yeah okay but uh and then i had also i I met other clothing brands too that are they were pretty cool like when i met them at uh another clothing convention i gave out a bunch of cards and uh like sick bay clothing gave me a free t-shirt and he's like yeah i'll help you out um there's some next level san jose is another one that's like they're pretty cool um but you know you just get out there and just tell people like hey this is what i do usually they're pretty supportive of people that are young and chasing dreams so yeah it seems like a very good you know grassroots uh uh, producing stuff you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. seems like there's a community there yeah that's, and I think that's very helpful, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, get, it definitely motivates you to, to work on your craft even more. Yeah, yeah. Most definitely. It's, uh, it's cool. Any Anybody that's putting their, you know, their heart into their work, and especially when it's not a nine-to-five, I think that's great. So I always encourage everybody. Well, not everybody. You know, some people, they have no chance, but, you know. <laughs> but I think here's the, the real important factor in that is that you are building a brand. Yeah. And a brand is something that usually takes people a long time to even, like to get that, bo- that point, you know, which, yeah. is, which is very simple, which is interesting here because you got it on your first year doing comedy. Yeah. So you, you, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you feel like you found your voice now or you're still looking for your voice. Usually mm. the brand is correlated with the voice of the comedian. Yeah. Do you feel like you find your voice? I feel like, uh, yeah, I'm getting a lot more comfortable being myself on stage, you know, and that's that's what they say. That one of the biggest keys is to just being yourself and having fun, and it kind of it really helps you grow as a comic, and I feel like I'm, I'm able to do that now. I'm, I've gotten a lot better at, ri- <laughs> at writing and, you know, so, uh, <laughs> listeners are asking themselves, "What the hell was that?" Uh, that was Frankie. Uh, just had a uh, moment where his where his uh, voice box gave yeah. way. Yeah, uh, going through puberty right now. At twenty five years old. Yep. You look super Filipino, young, man. That's what it is. It's the, Pilip- oh, the Philippines. We look a- hell young. <laughs> hell. It's the the Asian side of things, huh? Mm-hmm. There was well, a cougar last night. I couldn't do it because she's like, yeah, I look like I could be your mom. I'm like, come on, man. I'm 25. I had three jobs. <laughs> did she still look look like she could be your mom? No. no okay. Yeah, she did. But uh, she was yeah. fine, though. But anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, in, in your Filipino side of the family, do they consider, consider themselves Asian or Pacific Islanders? Uh, Pacific Islander, but, you know, it's still, it's pretty much Asian, like, but I feel like the culture is definitely closer to Latino culture, like, to Mexican types, and, um, a little different than your typical Asian Hmm. ways, I guess, I don't know. (laughs) Now, go back to finding your voice. You say you're doing more of your personality. Yeah. Does that mean that you've been doing mostly impressions? Um, I guess it's, it's being comfortable with uh sharing your your life and your your perspective on you know your morals your perspective on you know issues or uh, were were you like hesitant to talk about that stuff on stage yeah it was kind of like what if i don't want to talk about this because what if they don't what if my family doesn't like it or you know what if i get judged for this or i shouldn't say that word on stage like shit like that yeah but now i feel a lot more comfortable and 
my family's okay with it and i don't know everything is 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 humor you know and people need it a lot of people they understand that you're just talking shit and you're there to make people (laughs) laugh and you don't mean any you don't mean to degrade anybody you know most of the time but yeah Uh, i'm pretty sure when you were starting out doing comedy you were doing impressions not many comedians right here do impressions yeah were you the only one um at the time yeah i mean um there's there's some comics that do do a lot of them but uh i definitely feel like it's not there's not a lot and uh, it definitely helps out but i i want i kind of want my style to be pretty pretty uh pretty broad so i try to i throw them in there but i'm more focused on writing and you know mm-hmm. doing observational and shit like that did you ever get any shit for doing impressions by the comics um, no, but I definitely know that people were like, he's theatrical. He hasn't learned how to write yet, you know, because oh. that was my first, when I was first starting out. Well, who but, knows uh, how to write when they're first starting exactly. out? Come on, get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah. So, uh. No, but I'm, I'm glad that you've gone through this evolution, you know. Yeah. Because I, I have my own opinions about people who do impressions, and, and I think you, you touched some of them. I th- you know, me, my opinion is like people who do impressions are just hiding themselves. Yeah. They're hiding their personalities, and they much. And it uh, usually comes from a place where they much rather be someone, yeah, perform as someone else, mm-hmm. and have people like them for that instead of who they really are. Yeah, and that's just me, you know, how I view things. But it seems like you're reaching a uh, a catharsis where you're like, hey, I think it was great starting out, and you just use it as, as definitely. It's very important to still have that in your. Uh, I was gonna say inbox. In your toolbox uh, of yeah. things to 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 utilize, you know, like I hate doing pun jokes, yeah. but I still have them because if I'm losing a crowd, a pun usually helps me yeah. get them back around. Yeah. Same thing goes <laughs> with impressions, but I just think like people who go full on impressions for the entire like you know t- special, like you know Frank Caliendo for example. Yeah, uh, for me it's like, who are you? And it's like, yeah, exactly. you could use someone's voice, but do I like you as you? Yeah, but again, you know, there, there's different arguments to it. You know, that's just such a brand and such a that. But yeah. like, but for you, you seem like a, a real cool guy. I mean, you're fairly quiet when you're not performing, and when you're performing, you're fairly loud and yeah. and on the go. <laughs> yeah, uh, electric and shit. I don't know. Um, it kind of it all depends. Like last night, we got pretty faded after the show, so I'm definitely like, <laughs> I haven't been drinking a lot, so I'm I got a little hungover this morning, so. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I'm really reserved like this. Other times when I'm not performing, I'm still wild. But uh, it all depends. But uh, like last night, I, we did uh, Laughs Unlimited, and that was amazing. Where was that and, at? Uh, Sacramento. Yeah. Is that related to the thread that's happening right now on Facebook? Yes. <laughs> yeah, dude. How much shit are you getting for that? Uh, people are are wilding out. The girls are getting offended because I said. All right. For the <laughs> listeners, what happened? What did you put on Facebook, Frankie? Uh, well, cause last night in Sacramento, Sacramento was just a dope ass town in general. Like it's really live. All the the crowd was was cheering pretty crazy when Rudy Rudy was hosting. So it's just a fun ass town, and I kind of I fell in love with the town last night after the show, and um, <clears throat> I just noticed how many fucking girls there was like. It's like insane. Like attractive girls. Attractive girls everywhere in that town. Like more girls than, than men. Yeah. Yeah. More women than men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either way, yes. And so today I was like, man, Sacramento, like 
they have girls like that. I posted that on Facebook. Like, why are you shocked? Cause it's so different from San Jose. We have so many guys out here. Man Jose. Man Jose. It really is true, dude. Like, if you go to the gym, there'll be five girls in there and literally fifty guys, and that's the ratio. And that like sums up San Jose. So the reason I posted, like, I posted like Sacramento has girls. Like San Jose has their value is like a like a moldy McNugget and they act like they're prime ribs what I said because it's true like girls out here they get attacked by 30 guys in one night so they're like oh yeah I'm the shit like yeah oh yeah I turn down guys all the time yeah. it's like no but you have a gut and you're broke and you have three kids like you ain't shit why are you acting like you're a dime and you're just amazing you know I don't know. So I posted that, and now everybody's now the girls are all getting offended. Like, like the girls from San Jose. Yeah, the San Jose girls. Don't call me a McNugget, and hey, well, the guys aren't shit either. And no, oh, that's not true. And it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, you, you you know what that reminds me of? I had a friend. She's from China. Yeah. And when I first met her, uh, she was like, uh, very nationalistic Chinese. Now she her views a little different. You know, she's you know kind of get some, a better worldly perspective but I remember I asked her because in China uh, the ratio of men and women is drastically a huge gap you know yeah. what I'm saying like and I asked her is that, and, and it usually has to do with the one child policy mm-hmm. and culturally preferring to have a, a male over a, a female yeah. which has led to a lot of uh, Chinese girls you know being killed pretty much yeah. in certain villages oh. and stuff like that but I just asked you, so uh, how do you feel about the one-child policy? And do you feel like, you know, there should be more initiative on the Chinese government to allow uh, families to have uh, more boys and more girls, you know? Yeah. Cause, and, she, and, she's not, and she gets it. It's, 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 it's a problem. Uh-huh. But her answer shocked, like, didn't shock me, but surprised me. Because mm-hmm. I expected her to be like, yeah, yeah, they should change the policy. But she's like, no. They should keep the policy <laughs> uh, of, 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 of one child. I'm like, why? And she goes... Because then, like she look, she's looked upon even more favorable. Yeah. Like kind of that feeling of like, like there it is there. Like 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 there uh, it is. like uh, <laughs> look at Mark. She's a real sweetheart. I'm sure she was like half yeah. joking, but like she was like, yeah. When I go over there and if I look for a <laughs> husband, I have many to choose from. And usually, yeah. since uh, girls are such a rarity, you know, the offers will be great. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I respect that, like <laughs> that perspective. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, disagree with you, but I respect it. You know, yeah. hey, like if we had the choice, imagine if we just had hella girls available. Like, okay, you can only give birth to girls now, and then all of a sudden, Man Jose became just way more women than men. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't restrict it to the birth thing, but that would be nice. <laughs> I'm really big on moderation. I I believe in in in, in uh, equality. You yeah. know, equal amount. Yeah. Of 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 both genders. Yeah. Or whatever genders in between. You know, these days. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so you're getting a lot of shit from San Jose chicks now on your Facebook. Yeah, it's because uh, they're they're in denial, and that's okay. Like. Amanda Cunningham, the bartender at oh, Woodhams. Amanda's awesome. She's fucking great. She's a great she's girl. She's a bartender of Woodhams, and she is awesome. Hell yeah! And she even she said like, "Oh yeah, you're right. Ha ha ha!" Like I see this all the time. She's honest. She knows that there's. Now here's the thing: is it the girls who are single complaining, or is it the girls who already have like boyfriends and and, and married? Because I know Amanda. She already has a, a yeah. man. 
Yeah. So that's the least of her con- problems. So she, she. Well, let's let's drop some names here. Uh, PX. You really don't have not to. Not happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Miriam Franco was not happy. Actress in my sketch. Uh, well, to be fair, do you th- <laughs> do you think the way you came off can be a little sexist? It it seems that way. Of course, <laughs> it seems that way. But uh, it seems that way. Kasim Bentley. Um, but it's not the case. It's just an honest statement about a fact that exists in our city and that's the way I feel about it I love women I respect women there's definitely a difference between girls bitches and women I know that and a lot of these bitches they're not they're not very high quality and they act like they're so cool and it's it's definitely a thing you well know? let me ask you this how do you define a high quality woman uh, somebody that has goals would be really good as long as somebody like any goals that, yeah, as, as long, long as, as they have, goals. they're moving in a direction and they work hard. A woman will work hard. Uh, she has goals, and she has morals. She won't go fuck everybody, you know. What kind of morals we're talking about here? Okay, if she's basically not a slut, she has manners. Now, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Now, <laughs> when we say slut, define slut for me, because there's some people who find that, of course, that word mainstream wise is is used as a uh, slander but uh-huh. some people find it as as a, a form of yeah i'm a slut yeah yeah, yeah. I, I like the freedom to sleep <laughs> with any of the guys i want yeah and that's okay but that's definitely not somebody that you want to be in a relationship with you know obviously but uh you know it's like somebody who's franking five guys at the same time is like that's a slut you know and we need them in the world that's cool but it's definitely, <laughs> it's, the world. Yeah. it's definitely uh, not the woman I'm looking for. So, it's do you feel like your your morals are very traditional? <laughs> would you say? Um, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, my my parents were pretty pretty old school. My mom wants everybody to sit at the dinner table, eat together, and you know, we we would pray, and you know, like I don't know, pretty Latino old school Catholic you know? family. Yeah, we were raised Catholic, but then we went Christian, and then now it's like I don't even go to church. But I'm very <laughs> thankful, and that's all that matters. <laughs> all right, so uh, a, a high quality woman for you is someone that has morals, traditional morals, yeah. right? And who's not a, sleeping around, mm-hmm. and who has goals. Yeah. And, and you feel there's not enough of those women here in San Jose? There's not, no. Um, well, it depends what crowd you're looking at. I mean, I, I don't want to say there's a crowd that fits a stereotype because I think there's a lot of... I mean, I'm not trying to play the nice guy here or the no. good guy, but I, I do think there's a, a, a lot of women are, yeah. that, 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 that even if they don't fit in those morals or they're that... I think there's plenty of women I don't know who sleep around and they're sweethearts. Yeah. Would, yeah. I, would, would I be married with them? No, maybe not, but mm-hmm. they're out there. Yeah. No, they're, they're here. We have super attractive women out here but like I had mentioned the problem is when there's 50 guys trying to get at them in one night and then their ego becomes this indestructible I'm the best chick ever Dude, it's, that's it's, a weird thing to observe it's on, not real and downtown sounds on a Friday night it, it is you it's see a weird it thing firsthand to observe so many guys it's almost as if we're in the fucking you know safari yeah and it's like the guys are trying to do eye contact. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you got you to give this these women some credit, man. It, having so much, so many, you know, people look at you like that. Yeah. And like, yeah. you 
Gotta give him some credit. I mean, oh yeah, they have, they have, they have, I believe, valid reasons to feel like yeah. how they feel. It's it's classical conditioning. It just it happens, and that's ultimately what's gonna happen. Is like you're gonna feel this way, and I do give them their credit because I've I've been in the other I've been on the other side where in Sacramento where a lot of chicks are looking at you <laughs> like a piece of meat, <laughs> like a mug nugget. <laughs> Maybe that, that's what pissed them <laughs> off, is you compare them to a food they could possess and, and eat. Well, I said, I had mentioned, like, they, their, uh, their value is like a moldy McNugget, and they act like their prime rib, basically saying that... It was an analogy. It was just an analogy okay. to compare where they're at as far as, like, a good woman. Like, do you want a good woman, or do you want, like, a broke hood rat who thinks that she's amazing you don't want that and there's a lot of that out here in san jose and that's that's basically what i'm pointing out and they don't like that i'm calling that out because it's real you know but like i had mentioned um like i've been downtown one time and like this this fat asian girl was like dancing on me and i was like oh i kind of backed away and then she kept doing it. i was like i'm all right thank you though and then she kept doing it and like she was like rubbing her ass on me so it felt weird and uncomfortable and that was just one girl in one night so i could imagine for the girls that have 40 guys do that probably get like their arm grabbed and their ass grabbed like that i give i salute hard to them for that i respect the shit out of the girls because they have to deal with that all the time cat calling and all that but so i'm not i'm definitely not putting that to the side you know but i'm definitely just pointing out that a simple observation that that's what happens. See, when I read your post, I interpreted it as San Jose guys should head over to Sacramento for like mating games or whatever. Last, just, yeah, just explore the other cities. And I'm over here thinking, dude, I don't have gas money to go to Sacramento. <laughs> Come on. Yep. <laughs> Any other city, though, just, you know, anywhere outside San Jose is a lot different. And girls will realize their real value when they step outside the city. Now, let me ask about your your relationship history. Are you currently single? Yep. Been for a long time. Been for a long time. Hey, there's something to be said about that now. <laughs> what, why do you think that is? Because I'm a piece of shit. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, because I'm not going to... I keep putting Facebook posts about women. <laughs> yeah, and so they'll never go on a date. Uh, no, I, I honestly... It wasn't a fair question, by the way. My apologies. No, no, no. Uh, sorry, how, how long ago since you've been in a relationship? A long time. Like uh, three years, about. Three years ago? Yeah. How long was that relationship? Not long. Like uh, four months or so. Four Not months. Not long. <laughs> so you, you have yet to be in a long-term relationship? Yeah. The longest I've had was eight months, and that's not even long. But, uh, <clears throat> but um, I don't, I don't want to... What were the usual breakup factors? Um, well, it was a mix of things. Like I've had, uh, I've had a couple girls. Like one that <laughs> the the worst one I think was I was with the girl in high school. We would always have a lot of fun. I would always make her laugh, and that was my favorite thing. We would sit there and laugh all day. And your girlfriend, you want a girlfriend that you can be best friends with. And I felt like I had established that really pretty really sweet girl and always having fun until one day she decides she's gonna go frank somebody in the weight room or in the uh, wrestling room at school while we're both in school during class like how fucked up is that isn't that wonderful not in front of you right 
No, I mean it was oh. during class or like when the. But you have feelings for her, and I like, liked her a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, and then she does it. And yeah. she does I get that. it, man. You see, like that's pretty nice. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of similar what I, I went through not too long ago, but let's hear you. Without the franking <laughs> part, as far as I know. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. See, so I've had like a rough history. Uh, there's there was another one that was kind of, I was doing uh, I was into drugs at the time. I was into ecstasy. I used to do a lot of ecstasy. Uh, when I was an idiot and uh, like right after high school like you go to raves um, I used to go to a lot of house parties like during the hyphy movement days and we ecstasy and house parties yes hell of fun it's terrible though don't do it uh, <laughs> but, uh, hell of fun but don't do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's fucking amazing but don't do it uh-huh. hell of fun and uh, I was with the girl and I used to do it a lot and she was getting concerned like you gotta stop doing this and I was like alright well let me do it one more time and she's like no like we're gonna break up if you do it just don't do it and I was like come on I was like just one more time she's like no I was like alright I did it anyways you and chose the drug over I her I did it I just did it like an idiot and then she's like you didn't listen to me like I don't know we, we're gonna have to stop talking like we need a break and then she goes and franks somebody and tells me all about it Ooh, that's I was like, that's fucked up, that's man. That's sinister, man. Some, and oh, that was my first shit. love, too. Oh, that's even worse. So fucked up. First love always establishes, you know, the you, how you perceive relationships from then on. Yeah. You know. <laughs> wow, dude. Yeah, so it's like. It's funny. I, I, I never heard of anybody <laughs> being addicted to ecstasy. I think you're the first guy. No, I wasn't. <laughs> first I wasn't addicted, but I did. I would do it like three times a week, you know, and that's really bad. It's terrible for you. Three times a week? Yeah, hella bad. Um, but it's I don't know. It was it was cool at the time, and I had a really good connection, and like I don't know, I didn't have any direction in my life at the time. That now I worked my ass. I became a completely different person. But at the moment, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just had a part time job, and I would just party. Like that's all my life was, was just partying and just running from everything, just f- uh full of excuses. You know, I was a I was a terrible person. Everybody loved me still, but. I was just a cool guy to hang around, and that's all I was doing was just hanging around and being dumb. So you didn't have any, like, ambition? No, definitely not. I was just having a lot of fun, and so what, that's all I was focused on was What made partying. it change, man? You, you mentioned that, you know, is there, like, a specific moment where it changed? Um, I think after, like, stopping doing that shit, I was kind of, like, I kind of looked at my life, like, where like where am I going? Like, I'm, I'm not making any good money. I'm... Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. So it took a heartbreak for you to look back in your life. I definitely think that's part of the equation. Yeah, um, that and um, just to, just kind of feeling like, all right, I I need to be doing more, you know. And then uh, I had gotten a a job at Apple washing dishes, and I was like, oh, this feels good, making money and you know spending more time being productive. <clears throat> and then um. I really don't know. I think comedy is what is is definitely what kept me, you know, changed my mindset. Like, okay, if you want to do comedy and be really good at it, you need to work fucking hard, you know. Yeah. Which is so, funny because in comedy is where there's a lot more drugs. Exactly, <laughs> way more drugs and way more drinking and way more heartbreak too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you get that? <laughs> Hell yeah! You get that feeling of that when she, when the girl fucks somebody else. You get that feeling by your audience all the time it's a thing you know mm-hmm. you get an ultimate high like like you love it it's like a marriage you know sometimes you get your heart broken and then other times it's the most uplifting thing ever like you're you're on a, a high that's just 
you can't really describe it. It's like scoring a touchdown. It's like a similar kind of high is what it feels like. Oh, there's times where I performed um, stand-up in front of a great crowd and everything's going great. Yeah. It almost feels better than sex. It, dude, it really does, right? You know? it's, and I had, I, you know, not to brag, but I felt like I had pretty good sex uh, <laughs> yeah. in my lifetime so far. And Hell yeah. It, it, it definitely, it, it's it's something that elates something in your core. Yeah. And it... Like your spirit just jumps out of you and like exactly. just flies to the air. It's so fucking great. And man. it's an addicting feeling. Hell yeah. It's almost like a drug itself, you know? Yeah, really. And and, and that's kept you on the straight, straight arrow, you know, yeah. kind of like... All right, get my shit together. Stop making a brand. By the way, yeah. during the conversation, use the w- word Franken as a verb mm-hmm. to fucking. Uh, is is that part of the brand? Yeah. Where you replace uh, fuck with Frank? Yeah. Cause like Frank you. Yeah. Frank me, please, or something. Like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Down to Frank. Frank you very much. Frank you, if you don't like it, go Frank yourself. Where did that my, come from? My cousin actually thought of that. I was at a, uh, when I met my sponsor and I was trying to establish my website, I was at my aunt's house at the time and I was with a, uh, a lot of my family it was like 10 of us at a family dinner um, and I was uh, again my voice you cracked still going uh, through puberty. <laughs> still yeah. and I was trying to decide a website basically uh, where I can you know set up and I was naming all these names and my family's like yeah that's alright that's yeah, alright and then my cousin goes go Frank yourself bam pazam he was all excited and I was like oh <laughs> shit that sounds really good even he knew it was that good yeah he knew instantly he's yeah. like go Frank yourself bam and everybody was like I love it I love it I love it and then boom and it became my brand and well, luckily nobody else was using it it's, it's crazy very how, lucky how I think it's great you have a very it seems like your family's very supportive of you doing comedy yeah yeah it's kind of um the brand and the sponsor and all the connections that I've met, I feel like is kind of the universe's way of, of paying me back for being good to people and kind of changing who I who I was to who I am. I always I believe in karma and like I always try and help people when I can, you know. And um, I feel like everything always falls into place and it's just blessings come out of nowhere. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And I just feel like um, all the hard work that I put it just kind of it's a it's a compound effect and things kind of play out on themselves you know like in addition to things that are 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 gonna happen extra things happen and like what the hell is this out of nowhere like the sponsor and then the brand and i met cinema steve a a cinematographer and he's amazing and he's like i want to help you out i've just i've gotten a lot of connections and a lot of great things have happened i feel like it's just uh you know a reflection of being good to people you know but most importantly your family your yeah, mom and dad exactly where it started yeah the family man when you first told them you wanted to do stand up were they like oh shit oh man or were they like oh yeah yeah they were excited man my uh my parents are the type that would they came to every basketball game since I was four years old uh every football game in high school every game they were there supporting yeah me hall like I'm so blessed to have the parents that I have and without that kind of foundation and support, I, I would have had no faith in myself. I wouldn't have been able to do anything. So definitely a good family is great, man. It's a good thing. Who are uh, some of your comedy inspirations? Um, or in general, who are your inspirations? I, I definitely have uh, role models within the Bay Area community I look up to, or San Jose, I should say. It's a fucking community. 
Uh, like like local <laughs> local comics here. Yeah, like like Chris Doran, like Pete Munoz, uh, Sean Latham, uh, obviously Jimmy. Um, there's a there's a long list of them. Butch, like there's a lot of great people that I've met and I look up to within the Bay Area. And then there's also the famous ones too, like Chris Rock and Louis C.K., Brian Regan. Um, there's there's a really long list, but I feel like the most uh, the most inspired by the local talent because they're they're closer to where we're at like me and you we're we're growing right now and um a few years later they're where they're at now like Cody Woods and like Sean Latham I feel like when I'm around Sean I feel like this is real I'm going to be I'm going to really be a comedian you know and I'm going to be in a hotel room and I just got to tell jokes at night and that's it you you go do a show you you just everybody loves you you just go crash at your hotel and you wake up and you know, I'm going to tell jokes the next day. And Sean Latham, he's one of my favorites because he's, he's gone to South Africa and wow. he's been on TV. And it's like he's really doing it, you know. Uh, he's making it, quote unquote. And I feel like when I'm around him and I kill it with him alongside of him, I'm like, wow, I'm going to do this. Like, this is real. It's attainable, you know. But uh, those are those are a few. Just to, How about you, man? <laughs> uh, no, you're spot on. Uh, very similar to to me. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I always look up to the greatest now yeah. and and before. I mean, um, I I grew up with George Lopez. Yeah, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> but something about being around local talented people. Mm-hmm. It's in a it's a real um, it's almost like a, a contagion where. It, the more you're around it, the more yeah. you you want to be part of it. Hell yeah! You know, and the more you try, you try harder and, and stuff like that. And I think it's very important to be in that community. Yeah. Know? So I always tell people, uh, you know, because I'm involved in different other, uh, you know, um, performances stuff. Mm-hmm. And I say, be around those people. Yeah. If you want to be a, a, a good writer, hang out with the writers. If you exactly. Want to be a good comic, hang out with comics. You know, Hell they'll, yeah. they'll rub off on you because mm-hmm. you see them doing it. And you're like, I. I I could do it. Mm-hmm. That's right, man. And uh, it's cool to see other people, you know, people helping people. I love that. I love, uh, I'm all about uh, having those moments where you laugh together and you see people grow and go through shit together. That's that's how you really get good relationships is when you eat shit together. And that's what we're constantly doing in the comedy, in the comedy world, you know. It's like you feel like brothers because you just, you went through a war together, you know metaphorically and uh <coughs> again uh three times in one episode all right voice cracked um uh, but yeah so uh i feel like like i said earlier like when you help other people you know it comes back to you and that's how a lot of people make it like jim jimmy gunn was a great example he, he used to help a lot of people uh, he passed and, away recently and yeah. i unfortunately have never met him um, yeah before but i've heard a lot about him yeah. before he passed away great guy and especially now since he has yeah, and I, I heard a lot of good stuff, and how he was uh, very inspirational and gave a lot of people their starts. Yeah, yeah. Um, Corey Gibson too, man. She was great. She was a great person, and uh, <clears throat> I've I've seen a uh, a lot a lot of a lot of famous comics that are are really nice to people. It's it's helped them along the way. You know, it's just a growing process, and I feel like that helps you <clears throat> get further when you help other people. Because it's going to come back to you and it's going to feel good and, you know, you have a, just help your moral and just, I don't know, it's, 
I think it's really important, more important than people know. Because a lot of people are selfish. They don't want other people to make it. And that's not the way to be, you know? Right. There's there's uh, very successful comics. Uh, like I've heard, I met somebody in New York, uh, Mike Ricosi, and he had mentioned a, a, a name that, I forget the dude's name, but he had done a, a, a tribute speech for George Carlin in New York and amongst thousands of people. And the the kind of the essence of his speech was basically like uh he was kind of pointing out that it's more important to help people than it's it's it passes your your goals as far as writing and doing shows and stuff he said the most important thing was helping people because <clears throat> he got like the, the ultimate feeling from that you know so i'm i'm a firm believer in that but anywho, yeah, <laughs> you performed in far out places. You've been you performed in New York. Yeah, is that the farthest you've gone to perform? Yeah, yeah. I How just, was that? Uh, that was really cool, man. Another one of those things where it kind of I just met somebody and it worked out. Like I met another dude on Instagram, and he was from New York, and we were kind of talking back and forth. And he said, "Hey, I want to come out to Cali, man," and he's like if you can make this opportunity happen, basically um, I'll pay for half your plane ticket to New York and hook you up with some shows. And I was like, okay, well shit, I'll, I'll hook you up. You hook me up. That sounds good. And I just took the risk and he's a really cool dude. We spoke on the phone a few times and just kept in contact. And um, he, he got his plane ticket. He came out, he stayed at uh, my parents' house with me like for a whole week. We went to LA, we did some shows. We did some shows out here in SF. Uh, Santa Cruz and uh, and then he he followed through with his end of the bargain and flew me out to uh, New York he paid for half my ticket <clears throat> I stayed at his house same thing uh, he, he fed me at his house um, he got me booked and uh, I had a great time I was I was kind of scared at first I'm like fuck this is New York dude yeah like, this is supposed to be the jungle the, the worst the hardest place to do it well comedy wise too yeah, yeah that's exactly what it is and um but it, it ended up going good like the new york comics at first were kind of like oh yeah you from cali son like it's different out here b like talk <laughs> like throwing jabs and shit you know what i mean but right yeah but it ended up after my set though they gave me props They're like, yeah you got some good stuff b you got something going for you son like they were they showed props and I was like wow that's dope man. What neighborhood of of New York did you perform? That was in that was in the Bronx in the cut some spot. It looked like people get murdered there all the time. Like there's dumpsters and it's the, trash it's in the, the Bronx, street. man. Yeah, hell yeah, it's so hood over there, man. <laughs> With like, I was I was uh, driving my friend's car during the day while he was at work and there was like these two little schoolgirls with their older sister, and I was turning and like kind of close to them. And one of the school girls turned and she's like, what the fuck? Like a little white girl, probably like eight years old. And I was like, God, damn, it's hood out here. And the sister just laughed like, hey, chill out, Katie. Like, damn, hella hood. But, um, but anyway, I, I performed in the Bronx. Uh, Good crowd reception? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was definitely a hood crowd in that spot. But, um, uh, but they were, they were, the response was really cool. And, uh. I also got to go to Manhattan, like, where, by all the billionaires and shit, you know, uh, at, uh, at the comic strip. The comic strip is, like, in the heart of, of the rich area. So I also got a taste of that, uh, that demographic, and it, it went pretty good. It's like, it's like the Rooster Teeth Feathers 
of, oh, yeah? of New York. Yeah. It was a, another like new talent thing and uh <clears throat> it went really good. So I was I was surprised. I was expecting to eat shit at you know <laughs> Cause I'm only hit, gonna hit three years, and I was like, I don't. These guys are gonna be monsters, and they're gonna eat me. I'm gonna do terrible. Right. But I ended up going good. I didn't kill, but I did do good, and that was amazing to me. You survived. Yes. You, you did enough to survive. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What's like an area that you went where things were drastically different besides New York? Um, <clears throat> L.A. Uh, L.A. is. Go ahead. I was going to ask, how do you compare L.A. and New York from your experiences? The, um, to make it as brief as possible, L.A. is like, hey, Jorge, uh, you're you're amazing. You really got this. It's like, you, you really got I think you're great. And then you turn around and they're just like, this fucking guy sucks. That's L.A. And then New York is like, hey, uh, Frankie, you fucking suck. Fuck you. I don't like you. Like, they're just blunt. Like, if they don't like you... <laughs> They don't fucking like you. If they like you, you're like family. I think that's another reason why I much prefer to go to New York. Yes, <laughs> me too, dude. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's just based so like it's Hollywood. Some you, know? you had a bad experience in L.A.? I, I actually had a really great time, but just to kind of put the the vibe in perspective, that's how L.A. is because it's, it's Hollywood, you know? They're just – it's that's how the, the town is and stuff, but – and New York is just, they're just hood, like, straight up. They don't say, excuse me. Like, you almost get in accidents every time you're driving. It's just loud as fuck everywhere. Um, but everybody's hustling. It's just a whole different world out there. Like, everybody works like, like, vices. I Like, everybody that's working there is hustling, and I love it. Um, and everybody's super blunt. And I'd rather have somebody be honest with me than lie, you know, than lie to my face, so... I, lo- I love that about New York. And L.A., I met some really cool people. Not everybody's like that, you know? It's just an area that's 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 kind of the way they operate. But there's always good people wherever you go, you know? There's always going to be shitty and always good. But I met some good people. I met a, uh actor, and his cousin is a motivational speaker that goes around the world. And um, Okay, international motiv- motivational speaker, yeah. And How old is he? He's about my age he's like 25 i don't know i'm sure he's a great guy but that concept itself i don't think i could follow through like take a 25 year old seriously to be motivated well not just that but to do it on an international level no he is you can you can look him up he's uh his name's james anderson and he used to be in in gangs in la and he used to get in riots and all kinds of drastic shit but he he riots what right like the recent riots no, like he used to get in like just a bunch of fights all the time. Cause the Rodney King riots is part of the last major riot in LA, and that was in '93. Not necessarily before. like a whole riot, but you know, just big brawls, like huge gang fights. Uh huh. And that's so he's like telling people not to get involved with gangs now. And now he's basically yeah. I mean, he just he's one of those like extreme dudes that like goes hiking on crazy ass places and does I don't know. He's all about just living life to the fullest every day it's just basically kind of talking about his transition from being a crazy ass dude to now somebody who inspires people he was even in the white house you can look him up he's legit even yet i don't know like for me like (laughs) a part of me is like what the fuck really (laughs) anyway that's good for him though 
Yeah, but I, I met some good people out there. All right, man. We're at that one hour mark. Uh, where can people find your stuff? Uh, GoFrankYourself.net is my official site. I couldn't afford dot com. Uh, GoDaddy stole that shit. Fuck GoDaddy. Go Frank yourself, GoDaddy. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram at I am Frankie M. Same thing for Facebook or for Twitter. Um, yeah, you know, YouTube.com slash I am Frankie M. Whatever. GoFrankYourself.net. Bam. Bam. Seems like Instagram has been helping a lot networking. Hell yeah. Because it, it's funny. Instagram is something I've never, I'm not even, I barely even use. Yeah. All the, you know, technology is something that we need to use more as comics and entertainers and anybody who's trying to build a brand or do anything um, in a business. It really helps out. That's how I met the guy from New York. That's mm-hmm. how I met G Slur and got my first fans. That's how. Um, That's I've, how you gotta get your fans now too, right? Exactly, Instagram. You got your groupies. Hell yeah, I got first official groupie through there. Like, but still single, huh? Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, still single, <laughs> lonely piece of shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're pretty hard on yourself. No, nah, no, nah, I just yeah, I'm just fucking around. You just fucking around. I, I know I have value. I still, besides living at my mom's house, I got my shit together, and I know where I'm going. That's good. I'm I'm fine with being single. You know, I've uh, I I I feel like I'm in love with comedy, and I don't care. If careful now, comedy can be a cruel mistress. Oh hell yeah! But I love her e- either way. Even though she breaks, she just like shatters she, my car and she ain't no McNugget man. No, she <laughs> she can be a <laughs> prime rib or a moldy McNugget. I don't know. <laughs> Depends. Yeah, so I'm I'm cool with that, man. I I love comedy. If if I'm gonna find a girl, even if I really like her, if she's gonna discourage my my career path, then I'm not gonna roll with it. If I can find a girl that's very ambitious too and can find the time, then that's cool. You know, yeah. I I like I like that you don't get to see each other as much because then you value the time. You know. Yeah, man. I'm I you know the whole idea of quests and medieval medieval times was because. Uh, it was a common practice among among the woman and the the husband and, and whatever because there's a point where she's like or they're like we can't be they're constantly together so the woman will send this guy on a quest which yeah. is get me something from this far off place yeah and that time and they have a part so when they come back it's like alright we're getting it on exactly that's what it is man you value it so much more alright Frankie thank you for coming appreciate it uh, any upcoming shows any chance you want to put out there? Yeah, I'll be at the Huddle in Fremont. That's a dive bar. Uh, Jesus Cruz will be running that show. Great dude. Great show. Um, he runs a show in Oakland also, but I'll be there Sunday. And then I have Blue Lagoon on Thursday in Santa Cruz with DNA. Another great show. But, um, yeah, that's enough about dude, me. Blue Lagoon. Too much about me. Blue Lagoon's a great Blue place. Blue Lagoon is great. Yeah. Love that place, man. But uh, thanks for having me, dude. It was a oh, really fun time. Here. Jorge Sanchez, great guy. Follow him. <laughs> Follow. No, please don't. Frank with him. Follow him. No, dude. He's a I, funny dude. Th- great guy. Th- th- there's times where I would like accidentally fall off a cliff, and the last thing I want is people to follow me <laughs> off the fucking cliff. It, anywhere but the cliff. Follow him elsewhere. <laughs> All right, Frankie. Thanks for coming out. Thank you, player. <laughs>